Welcome to the Infinite Attraction Podcast. What would it look like to face your fears? What would it look like to unlock your limitless potential? This is a podcast just about that, Infinite Attraction. Now let's get started. Wow, it's been quite some time. I am so excited to be back. It's been a few weeks since I've taken you know, a little bit of a sabbatical. (laughs) Let's say I was feeling a little overwhelmed, like I mentioned on my last episode, and I really needed to reconvene. I've taken even social media break to reconnect with myself, and and it's it's been really wonderful. I I wanted to just give myself that self-respect that I knew I needed, and I was just inflicting my own stress and anxiety, and it was about time that I just just took a break from everything and and took the time to connect with nature, uh, to connect with myself, to journal, to really figure out what was next. I loved the podcast and I loved helping everybody, but I needed to do it you know, in a clear mind and I needed to be good myself to continue doing so. So I'm really grateful for you guys, for your patience, your support, for all of those of you who have messaged me with questions and seeking help. I'm very grateful for you. Thank you very much. I'm very eager to respond to each and one of you little by little as I can, and I appreciate your patience and and respect, so thank you guys. And I'm excited to get back on it. I'm excited to be back on the podcast. Today I want to talk to you guys about my road trip. So I took a road trip. I was gone for about 19 days, and then when I came back, I did take a personal break from from just being connected to technology, and, and I tried to just think, you know, think about my experience and and savor it and decompress everything that happened and journal and that's exactly what I did. So today's episode, I want to talk to you guys about the road trip, you know, the lessons learned, which is my favorite part. Sometimes we go on trips and we just move on and we don't think about what we learned from anything and we just go, we did it, we came back and then we're stressed with work and with our things and and I think I did things differently this time around. I really took my time to think about what I, you know, what I had experienced. I just soaked it all in and and just gave myself space. And sometimes we want to jump straight back into everything and that can become very overwhelming. So that's really what I did. So thank you guys again from the bottom of my heart for supporting me and supporting the Infinite Attraction podcast, the platform, everything that it stands for. I'm very grateful to be on this journey with you guys. So let's jump right in. So birthday road trip. (laughs) that's how I started labeling it but I think it turned into so much more I think it turned into a road trip of a lifetime so you know how we constantly talk about these these ideas oh I want to go here I want to go there and and we come up with so many excuses why we can't go whether our jobs the partner that we're with doesn't have the time off or we don't have it or we don't have anyone to go with or we don't want to go alone I mean there's millions of excuses that we come up with and when I thought about this road trip I spoke to my group of friends And they were all very excited. Um, We said, you know, I want to do a road trip. I want to go to multiple states or or let's just rent an RV and let's just go to Tennessee and let's go to state parks. And um, sadly, you know, we couldn't all go together because uh, not everyone could take the time that at the last minute I decided I wanted. I wanted to take close to three weeks and um, not everybody can do that. I was, you know, fortunate that I could and that I work remote and that I could work some of remote while I was on the road for some of it, but, and that I had some time off that I really needed to use. So it really was in my favor. And um, 
although not at my friend all, all my friends could go I didn't want to make the excuse of saying well they can't go I'm not gonna go so you know after just shoving it down their faces and their throats so much um, eventually you know one of my friends we were in yoga my friend Alejandro he he listened and he's like well I'll go and I'm like really you sure you and me you're, you're down you're gonna go and he's like yeah I can do it and I'm like then let's do it and that was like a Thursday of us hanging out doing yoga and come Monday he's like hey I already booked the RV and I'm like no you didn't <laughs> so yes thank you Alejandro for that having that initiative and from there you know on a Thursday we were gone and we actually did leave with our group of friends so we're about seven of us and we we rode up one of us couldn't make couldn't leave that same day that we left we left on a Thursday night like I mentioned and arrived in Williston Florida where we stayed in an Airbnb and we just just wanted to disconnect from the city life that's all we were searching for we didn't really want to do anything we just wanted to disconnect from the city life go to some natural springs and just hang out no television just sit down have conversations make a fire and just hang out as friends connect with each other and that's so important i think that we're so used to being in the city life and going out eating dinner going out doing things keeping ourselves occupied in a very uh i would say typical kind of way and we were searching for a different kind of connection so we did that we they rode up with us in the rv and it was fun because you know, you can imagine we rented a small RV from Cruise America, a 19-foot Class C. She had her own little two beds and bathroom and uh, table and, and and kitchen. She was gorgeous. We named her Betty. Oh, Betty, if you guys only knew, she was just the best. She made it. She made it through some really tough roads and some long long rides. So yeah, we went to Williston, Florida, hung out as a group of friends. And then from there, you know, our friend that made it up later, uh, the next day drove them back down, uh, you know, when we left on a Sunday. And from there, Alejandro and I continued what was really the beginning of the road trip. But it was a wonderful send off. It was a wonderful way to spend some time with our friends, spend some time connected and then really get continue on in the road. And we were already exhausted from the weekend. So it was like, oh, God, this hasn't even really begun. So it was really, it was really uh, the beginning of the challenging times, but positive challenging times. So the cliff notes uh, to get started, you know, we were gone for a total of 19 days. We did 7,201 miles, about 105 hours of driving. We went through three Discover Weeklies on Spotify, everywhere from Busta Rhymes, Break Your Neck, Tupac, Troublesome, 96, Nelly, Just a Dream, Lenny Kravitz, all of my Tulum playlist, which has about 10 to 12 hours. All of my Good Vibes playlist was another 12, 14 hours. We listened to Madonna, Rolling Stones, Pearl Jam, and we went through like our collective playlist from our group of friends. I mean, so many hours of music, of interrupted music to like continue and keep ourselves awake. Uh, the most that we did driving was about 12 hours in one day. So it got really intense, but every day we drove anywhere from minimum three to six hours a day. So it got pretty exhausting. Total of 2,000, about 2,230 photos and videos of moments that we captured that do not do anything justice. Six national parks, four state parks, three sand dunes, one national recreational area, two landmarks, one monument, one dam, 
two bridges, one art installation. I logged my first hour on a plane and I turned 29, of course. And just so you guys know, we did visit uh, or pass through a total of 14 states. Florida included Georgia, North Carolina, Tennessee, Alabama, Arkansas, Oklahoma, Texas, New Mexico, Colorado, Utah, Arizona, Louisiana, Mississippi, and a little bit, maybe we grazed Mexico, but more on that later. Um, we ate any, everything from, you know, Ethiopian food to tons of Mexican food. We even found some very delicious Indian food. Uh, an average of five to nine miles hiked a day. We, our average steps was anywhere from, you know, anywhere 16,000 to 22,000. We did a lot of walking. Um, stayed at multiple uh, RV parks and KOAs included, which is also an RV park for those of you who aren't familiar. Uh, we did stay in, uh, like I mentioned, the Airbnb. There was a hotel in New Orleans. We stayed in a resort in Arizona. There was uh, some motel hotels that we had to uh, stay at along the way. And I think our average uh, elevation was around um, 6,000, 7,000. Our highest was must have been like around 8,500. Yes, there was absolute, absolutely some altitude sickness. And um, that was challenging, you know, shortness of breath and mild headaches and you know our nose were just stuffed wherever it was too dry in the desert and that's really the the gist that's really the gist of it uh, the parks that we visited to the visited so i mentioned the the sand dunes there were the great sand dunes the coral pink sand dunes the white sand dunes the state parks were the rainbow springs state park gilchrist blue springs state park south cumberland state park we visited the Great Smoky Mountains National Park, Mesa Verde National Park, Canyonlands National Park, Zion National Park, Grand Canyon National Park, White Sands uh, was also a national park. Uh, let's see, recreational area. We did Horseshoe Bend and Glen, that was Glen Canyon. We did uh, Garden of the Gods, that was national. Uh, natural landmark a meteor crater national landmark we did in vermilion cliffs national monument newspaper rock archaeological sites uh, glen canyon dam bridge the navajo bridge the art installation was cadillac ranch and that's pretty much the the gist yeah that's pretty much what we the parks we visited and and to give you guys an idea we we drove basically up from Florida after we left Williston and we drove into, uh, we drove past Georgia into North Carolina and we, that's where our first night was. We had to, before we could really, we were very close. We had been driving about 470 miles. We were only like 50 miles away from the Smokies, but we were exhausted, you know, six, about seven hours of driving. So we decided to stay there and, and I didn't plan out any of the, RV parks. I didn't really know what I was doing, to be honest. And because everything happened last minute, I'm an, an overachiever when it comes to planning. So this trip, I did the opposite. I actually went with the flow. I planned, or the, the furthest I planned was, hey, I want to go to these parks. These are the places I'd like to go. 
And we went to most of them. I think most of the parks that we that was on the list, and it was really just a list. And from there, we figured it out. And so, being in North Carolina, being our first RV park, you know, we had to pick up the phone and start calling them because I realized, okay, so finding KOAs is not as easy as I thought. They get very booked, and anything when you arrived after 6 p.m. for the most part, sometimes after 4 p.m. They were closed and most places didn't even want to pick up the phone because they were booked. So I had to pick up the phone to a couple places and I managed to find a really small, cute RV park in North Carolina, like I mentioned, very close to the Smokies. And um, that was that was that was perfect. The gentleman there that night actually, you know, taught us how to connect, <laughs> how to dump. And, and that was our first experience understanding the RV, how to plug in the electrical how to you know plug in the water so that was our first night we were very grateful for that gentleman to help us and explain it to us and he was super nice and I think everyone we met at the RV parks along the way were just such kind people and everyone was like you're gonna love the RV life and we absolutely did challenging moments not the most comfortable life we didn't have these luxurious RVs that we saw um, but I, I will say I fell in love even further with the Airstreams because now that I know that I could do the RV life, I would be 100% down to do this again. So back to Franklin, North Carolina. When we arrived there, we stayed there that night. That was the only, the first and only night we used the bathroom <laughs> in our RV. After that, we never used it again. So the the great advantage of the RV parks is that they do have bathrooms. Yes, you're using public restrooms basically that belong to the RV parks. And you're showering there and you can even wash laundry. Most of them do have laundry. And as we got the hang of it, it, was, it wasn't even that hard. Sometimes the water was hot and, and crazy and sometimes the water wasn't as warm. And some nights we froze to death in the RV park until we had to like buy a small little space heater and learn to close the windows, cover up when we slept. You know, we, we had to really figure it out as we went and each night was a lesson and, and that was what we enjoyed about it, that we didn't know what we were doing, but we went with the flow. So we, we woke up the next morning and usually most days we didn't get to wake up too early because we would be exhausted from all the driving and, and all the experiences from the nights before. So we woke up and we would went to the Smokies. The cool thing about the Smokies is that they start in North Carolina and it's a free national park. And you go in and there's multiple trails along the way that you can take, amazing trails. I did take a trail there that was really nice. It was called the Kephart Prong Trail. And then from there we went also to Klingman's Dome and Alum Cave Trail. Alum Cave was one of my favorite trails in the Smokies. Klingman's Dome is, is just really, the elevation's about 6,644. It's very eerie, very smoky. You could see the, the mist that comes in from the Smokies. It was very interesting. And, and yeah, that was Tennessee. We, we did stay portion in Alabama because we were close nearby and we were exhausted from, we spent basically a whole day in the Smokies. And so we, we drove into a portion we had to dip down further south than we wanted to but stayed in Alabama in the only RV park that we could find and then went west to Tennessee and um, in Tennessee we did do South Cumberland State Park I absolutely recommend it and in South Cumberland State Park we did Foster Falls, Denny Cove, Greeter Falls the most powerful magnetic strong just huge connection I felt there in those, my favorite has to be the Greeter Falls 
Denny Cove was also quite quite spectacular, all three of them really. But those are waterfalls that I recommend you guys could do easy trails to and from, very very easy trails. And um, yeah, that was that was South Cumberland State Park. From there we drove west, skipped all of Arkansas and Oklahoma, just drove straight through. There just really wasn't anything we had planned there and and really wanted to keep going and get towards, you know, Colorado and and so we drove straight through and made it to Amarillo, Texas. And just like it sounds in the song, a friend of ours shared a song with us, Amarillo by morning. <laughs> that was us. <laughs> we were in Amarillo by morning. Basically, we had slept there the night and in the morning woke up in Amarillo. And I loved Amarillo. Everything in Texas is big. And Amarillo, the RV park was huge. It was probably one of our favorite RV parks. And um, we visited Cadillac Ranch. Cadillac Ranch is pretty cool. It's been there since the 70s. It's an old art installation. It's just, like it sounds, it's a ton of Cadillacs. And um, you can smell the paint fumes when you get out of the car. Obviously, there's layers and layers of spray, pen, spray can paint. And um, so we got off. You don't have to buy a, your own spray can. I don't recommend it. There's already so many. There's people there. And they pass down the spray can. Um, and, you know, everyone's wearing their mask. And we spray painted on a car. I jumped on it, took a picture. And... And it was fun, and that was Cadillac Ranch. Well, that's what we did there. From there, we moved on, and there's an, a, a, a small road that takes you. It's a state road that connects into. You take it from Texas. You don't, and then you dip. You go left, and then go straight up, and it goes into New Mexico. So you don't have to like border too much of Mexico. You just basically do go through the edge of Me of New Mexico, and you go straight up. You go straight up into Colorado, and in New Mexico, we did stop. There were some small little towns that were along the way. I'd recommend if you're taking that road, you get gas wherever you can find it. The roads go on and on and on and on and on. It's very straight and flat. And um, in New Mexico, we did we did get um, some Mexican food, some very authentic Mexican food. It was very good in this really small middle of nowhere town. Absolutely loved it. And then landed in Colorado. <laughs> So Betty got us to Colorado, and in Colorado we did the Great Sand Dunes, and uh, that's where we purchased our America the Beautiful, the pass, which I absolutely recommend. It's about $80, and it lasts about a year, and you can get into state parks, national parks, and uh, and it's included, and it's wonderful, and it's amazing. I, it's For me, it was something I really wanted because I wanted my friend... Uh, had introduced me to it before so Alejandro and I wanted to get one ourselves too so you know I got one and we were able to get into multiple places with it and 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 it was it was good to to tell to commit to yourself that you're going to visit more national parks you're going to go visit more in your backyard that's really what it was for me a commitment so from there you know we we the great sand dunes the sand is really thick it's quite beautiful it's Challenging to walk up to the sand dunes. You think you can do it and as you get closer and closer your glutes your you know your legs and your hamstrings go through it But I recommend it. We watched the sunset there most of the sand dunes by the time we arrived there was our second destination So most of the sand dunes we visited we were able to experience sunsets Beautiful part about driving east is the sunsets some of the most magnificent sunsets Red. I saw a sunset that was like red. The sun was red, just pure red. And it was so low and it was so close. 
I'd never seen anything so magical in my life like the sunsets that I saw on this road trip. So we, uh, from the great sand dunes, we drove into Colorado Springs. We actually stayed with a friend in Colorado Springs. So thank you, uh, you know, for, for that time that we did spend there. Colorado Springs was, was really great. We spent some time with a friend, like I mentioned, and uh, it was my friend Alejandro's friend, who is now, I would say, my friend, who we had a really good time with. He was generous enough to even fly us on his plane. He has a Cessna, I think it was a Cessna 172 uh, plane that's from the 70s. And it was used to like for traffic. It like reported traffic and it was known as the Kermit. It's a really cute little plane. And he gave us a ride through the Black Forest and all of Colorado Springs with his instructor who uh also uh gave me some lessons and i was really grateful for that so i had a one-on-one -on -one and i flew the plane with the instructor and i logged my first hour it was an amazing experience something i never thought in my life i would have the pleasure of doing and now i cannot wait to continue to log more hours so thank you so much dave for that experience thank you so much alejandro for that experience i i really enjoyed it uh, i know how to take off and i know how to land now there was no fear it was pure joy. Once you're up there, wow, it, I, I get it. I totally understand it. So Garden of the Gods also in Colorado Springs, I would say it's a popular uh, destination. I don't know that I would uh, recommend it to everybody because it's it, it can get really busy there. So we did tra trails off the beaten path to kind of get away from the people. Um, so that was probably the busiest park that we visited. And then from there went west, Colorado. The last thing we did in Colorado was Mesa Verde. And Mesa Verde, wow. I'm going to give that one a break too because Mesa Verde was, was beautiful. You can do a lot of it driving, get off and see some overlooks. But I recommend you take your time in Mesa Verde. Sadly, some of the trails are guided and are closed. And uh, you can't go as further into as you would like and do some really um, beautiful trails there but there's plenty to see in Mesa Verde and um, that was that was Colorado and then we entered what I'm going to consider my favorite state in the US thus far has to be Utah Utah was extremely incredible I think I fell in love in Utah in Utah I experienced the most beautiful landscapes. The, the most interesting thing about Utah is that as you're driving through, you see so much and it's almost like you're an alien land, like you're somewhere else in a different planet and the landscapes change from anywhere from green to blue to teal to yellow to white to orange to pink and it's just such a beautiful state. I think I saw the least humans in Utah, more landscapes than any like human life or anyone um, in Utah. And that was interesting. I'm like, Do, does anyone live here? <laughs> but the landscapes, just drive. If you're going to go to Utah and you don't have time to do anything, just drive through all of Utah. It'll take you a couple hours and just drive. And that's all you need to do. That's how amazing it is. You can skip doing the parks if you really don't have the time or don't want to make the investment. I, but I would say just drive through Utah. Utah is incredible people are also pretty incredible and um that was utah in utah we 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 basically visited um the canyonlands which was actually one of my favorites so canyonlands was what we visited first in utah we arrived there for sunset 
I would recommend Canyonlands and Sunset. We saw so many parks, you know, during the day, and Canyonland was one of the ones, uh, the you know, one of the rocks. I would say one of the canyons that we did get to see at uh, t towards the end of the day, and it's a very different experience to see the sunset on those canyons. Wow, the sky, the colors. There was a spot where we sat and meditated and watched the sunset, and. There was nothing more magical than that experience in Canyonland. I, I absolutely recommend Canyonland as one of your top on the list. It was very beautiful and you could really just drive straight through it and there's not a lot of hiking involved if you don't want to do it. There's trails you can take off the beaten path as well, but if you don't have that kind of time and you want to take family, Canyonlands is a very beautiful place that you can absolutely visit. And um, yeah, from Canyonlands, we stayed in Moab. We had to, we went up to Moab. It was the nearest uh, town that we could find. We did not go to Arches because I myself have been to Arches before. I If you haven't been to Arches, I would recommend it. Arches, like I said, Utah has so many beautiful parks. Um, visit Arches. And um, we in Moab, the problem is that it's very tourist. Uh, pop, it's very populated. A lot of people visit Moab. So it, it can get very difficult to find an RV space to, to park. So I must have called over six RV parks and they were all booked. So unfortunately, we couldn't find anywhere to park and panic was settling in a little bit until we just made the executive decision. Let's find like a motel or a hotel where they'll allow us to park the RV and we could stay the night and just take a break from being inside of the RV. And we did just that. We found a Super 8 that was where, you know, at the last minute did have an, a reservation available and it wasn't crazy expensive. And we stayed there that night. From there, we took that main state road We from Moab, drove west uh, through Utah and then down to reach Zion. And we basically went through Zion on, you know, the west side. Zion has two entrances and there's a separate Zion entrance as well that's on this, I think it's the northern, I forget what side it's from, but Zion is a is a national park that is very controlled and very guided and you definitely need a weekend just alone and stay within Zion. I would recommend that if you're going to visit Zion, you give yourself multiple days. There were hikes and, and, and trails that I wanted to do that unfortunately because we got there late, we could not. And most of the trails require a shuttle. You have to take a shuttle to get to the trails there and your cars cannot get there. So we were in an RV even worse. Unfortunately, we couldn't do the Devil's, uh, the Angel's Landing, which I really wanted to, and a couple trails. We decided to just do a trail that's, uh, you know, that doesn't require the shuttle. And keep in mind, when you're in the desert, it's hot. And 90 degrees and, and hot with no humidity is, is intense and it's very dry take water and not in a plastic container in a container that will keep your water cold and chilled and uh yeah dress light and wear hats and cover your face as much as you can and and keep in mind that the, the hikes are challenging and they're long so that was and we had to rush back from a hike because to pass through Zion to the other side to get to the Coral Pink Sand Dunes, which is on the east-south side of Utah, you have to go through Zion. And there is a tunnel that has to be guided when you qualify for a large vehicle, which we did. You have to go through the center lane, so you need to be guided through. And uh, since we had to be escorted through there, we had to do it. It had to be before six. If not, it was closed, and we can no longer do it. And there is a fee involved. 
So um, we decided we had to just rush back and it was five something and there was a line and once you get through, you pass through the tunnel, it could be about two miles. And then you basically pass through and exit Zion and you end pretty south um, on the close to the Coral Pink Sand Dunes. And that's what we did from there. We watched another sunset at the Coral Pink Sand Dunes, beautiful, fine, thin sand that when you look at it first, it's kind of orangey in the coral color, I guess that's, you know, coral pink sand dunes. But as the sun sets and it hits it, it shimmers in this very light pink color and it's just so beautiful. The sand is chilled and at night the desert goes from hot, hot, hot to cold, cold, cold and it starts to chill down, which is really nice and refreshing. And from the coral pink sand dunes, we drove south into Arizona. We had to be in Arizona on a Tuesday and it was already Monday, so we visited in Arizona a couple things. Um, we visited a horseshoe bend, which you could see, and that's where we passed through that, you know, the bridge, the Navajo Bridge and um, the Glen Canyon National Recreational Area. We did also the Vermilion Cliffs National Monument. It was a long, straight road. That one's brutal as well, but totally worth the drive. And then um, as we finished, you know, and I would say Horseshoe Bend for you guys, just to get take it back for a second. That's a really easy one, also a good one with family. It's a really simple, simple hike to get to see that uh, the Horseshoe Bend side. Um, so I definitely recommend that. Um, then when we left, and we drove further south. We actually ended up in um, the National Forest. I think it's Coconino National Forest. And that you drive straight down and the elevation starts to change and you drop down quite a bit. And that's when we landed. And I keep saying landed. I love it. I left where we landed in uh, Sedona. So we arrived in Sedona and the, hotel, the resort that we stayed at was called Enchantment. It's a little bit off the ways of the main center of the town of Sedona, and it's it's on the rocks. It's a it's a chameleon of a of a resort where all these little casitas are blended in. They're the same color of the structures of the rocks that surround. And the cool thing about this resort is that you know there's plenty of trails that start right off the resort uh, land, and um, it's a huge resort. It has a pool. It has restaurants within it. So we really didn't leave the resort much aside from doing the trails. Our friends arrived and they, they flew in into Phoenix and drove and took a, a ride up straight into Sedona and they met us at the resort. And together we did Boynton Canyon Trail, which is right off the resort. It's, it's a trail that you start on in the resort. And then Devil's Bridge, which you are two minutes out of the resort. And Devil's Bridge is also a popular destination for those who visit Sedona. It was a really beautiful hike. It was a long hike. It was very hot. So again, any hike you can do early in the morning, the better. And that those are the trails that we did in Sedona in Arizona. And we spent, like I said, a weekend there. We met some really beautiful people. We got asked if we were a band. Um, and the gentleman asked us about yoga. So I guess people could tell. People took asked us if they, they could take pictures you know, of us for us to keep because we looked like we were such a happy group. We really had the most magical time. That's where I, you know, I was nice to take a break and celebrate my birthday there and and dress up because, you know, we'd been in workout clothes and, and just 
roughing it out for a couple days. So it was nice to shower, you know, get dressed and and have a really fun time. So that was really, really nice experience to have that moment with our friends. Then our friends jumped back in our RV with us. And now it was four and mo- not two. And we drove up to Grand Canyon. And we did Grand Canyon. We did throw our three hours up. So we went back up into the forest uh, to the Grand Canyon and did the Grand Canyon and then drove back south and then east out of Arizona. As we were leaving Arizona, we um, stopped at this meteor crater. So my friend Alejandro was like, do you see that? We're going there. <laughs> and so we went to this meteor crater and wow, it was absolutely worth it. I think they charged each of us like 20, 25 bucks a person. I will pay that anytime again. It, the electromagnetic energy and rush and the field of just energy that we felt when we were there was absolutely magical. I, I, the wind, we, we, we had the most amazing experience at this random spot that we never thought we were ever going to see, this meteor crater natural landmark in Arizona. So I definitely recommend it. And, um, that's what we did. And we, we passed there and our last stop was in New Mexico. So we stayed in New Mexico before we made it to our last stop, which was really White Sands National Park. And in White Sands, as you're driving to White Sands, you're like, is this place here? Because if you've seen pictures, you're like, wow, it's beautiful. Is it here? Like, there's nothing around. Are we sure we're going here? And as we got closer and closer and closer and closer, we realized that, wow, this is White Sands. And as you drive into the park and you're inside of the park, you're starting to drive in on white. So it looks like you're driving on like ice or like just salt. And it's so powder white. The sky was so clear blue. The, everything was quiet. I had never had so much fun at a sand dune connecting with Mother Nature. I mean, thinking back, I never in my life thought I was going to have that experience. And I'm so glad that I sat there and we didn't just... Sometimes we do hikes and we do things and we're, you know, most of the time when we're trying to get to a destination, I think people are eager to get to the destination. What I feel we did on this trip was that we really paced ourselves and we really took our time and enjoyed the journey to the destination. So if we're going on a trail and we wanted to get to the end of the trail, we just enjoyed the trail along the way and explored and took our time and sat and took pictures if we wanted to or just took a break and sat down and had a conversation, got back on the trail and kept going. And then when we arrived to the destination, we didn't just turn back. We really sat there, soaked it in, like meditated, meditated like I'd never meditated in my life, just and, and appreciated the beauty of what surrounded us, the beauty of the landscape, the sounds. There was no picture or any moment that could ever capture that. I don't care how great of a camera you have. Nothing could ever capture that moment like the way you're experiencing it in that moment. So that was really my favorite part. And I would say White Sands along with Canyonlands, two of my favorite spots. So if I had to pick two for you guys to visit, those two, go now. Pack up your bags, go on your way. (laughs) And that was uh, New Mexico. That was New Mexico and I really loved it. I loved White Sands. And from White Sands, we visited 
um, we, we were done. Actually, our trip was there, was done. So we were like, okay, well, let's drive out of here. Let's figure out the fastest road back. And, um, since you're so south of New Mexico and you're really close to Texas and you're really close to Mexico, there's a road that's I, I 10 East and it takes you, it goes Southeast. You kind of, you drive through El Paso and since you basically... (laughs) braze the edge of la ciudad de juarez you're so close you're bordering it um we 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 experienced something really interesting and as we were in this spot in driving we had two of us had fallen asleep in the back and then you know there was two a friend of mine driving and one in the passenger seat it was my friend michael driving and then my friend christian on the passenger seat and we were in the back just taking a break because we had been driving for so many days and um well not me my friend me as a co-pilot and we were asleep and suddenly we we look like we're coming up into a toll booth i'm like weird there's a toll booth here but we see these men in these like green uniforms with like a dog and and the dog is going crazy and they're smelling our rv and and then they ask us to pull in and they ask us for the id are you u.s citizens and we're like yes and we look at each other like did we did we pass Mexico? Are we in Mexico? And um, it turns out uh, that we were n- not in Mexico. Uh, we were in Texas, but we were at a U.S. Border Patrol checkpoint. So imagine our surprise. We were still convinced we were in Mexico because it looked like we were in Mexico. And um, as we are told to exit the vehicle, The gentleman says in this full uniform with his dog, we have been alerted for possible uh, humans in hiding, narcotics, and mostly humans in hiding. And we're like, oh, okay. And they ask us to exit the vehicle and stand on the side. And then there was a man to, there was four of us, a man to our right in full uniform and a woman to our left in full uniform. And then two men enter the RV with a very big dog. And all we could hear is the dog rushing back and forth and the RV was shaking and moving around and rattling. And we were more calm than I think any of us ever expected to be in that moment. I mean, you never think you're going to get stopped in Border Patrol. We were totally having a We Are the Miller moment. Like, if you guys haven't seen the movie, go watch it. It's hilarious. We had that moment. And there was a little bit of panic, but mostly we were just looking at each other like, what is happening? Like, are we going to jail? Like, what what is happening? And um, as they took 15 to 20 minutes in the RV and the woman to the left was clocking her gun and adding bullets and clocking and, and playing around with the gun and my friend Alejandro would look at me and then the rest of us would look at each other like, what is going on? What is happening? Time went on. We just decided like, this is beyond our control. There's nothing we can do but just sit and wait. Like, whatever we're destined for in this moment, we just have to sit and wait. So I know anyone else would be in huge panic, but that that's what we did. We just relaxed and they came out 15 to 20 minutes later and they said to us, you're good to go. I think our hearts stopped and we got so quick. We just ran into the RV and when we got in there, everything was destroyed. Oh my God, the bags of chips on the floor. The dog had ripped things open, had ripped into the cushions of the of what basically turned into the bed of the RV. They had opened all of our all of the drawers and the stuff and the bags and 
slobber everywhere. I mean, the, the RV was destroyed. It just smelled. We were so upset. We felt so violated. But most of all, we were just like, how are we going to keep driving? We had like another several hours of driving. We decided, you know what? No. What's the nearest town? And in that moment, we found the nearest town. There was nowhere to park the RV. So we stayed in Fort Stockton in, Tex in Texas. And uh, we had to take a break because we couldn't do it anymore. And that night, we stayed in a small little hotel and parked the RV in the lot and just relaxed. <laughs> Slowly started to decompress and to assimilate what had happened. And the next morning, woke up, drove, arrived in San Antonio for lunch. And then we actually started talking about it. And that's when we said, is this trip over? We can't be over after this. We need one more stop. <laughs> so... The trip kept going and that's when we planned you know what we're gonna do one last stop we're going to new orleans let's do it at this point we just had all this experience we went through so much what's another 12 hours of driving into new orleans and we split it into two six hours into houston one friend drove and six hours or, or more into new orleans arrived there by night that was our last really official stop spent the night in new orleans explored the city that was very abandoned and and pretty sad to be honest. The French Quarter was not like I was told I'd, uh, you know, the French Quarter would be like. But unfortunately, during this time, things have been very shut down and abandoned. But we did wake up the next morning, had a brunch in Justine, spent our last few minutes together, visited Cemetery Number no. Three, paid our respects there, and then our two friends flew back to Miami on a plane, and Alejandro and I continued our journey, you know, on the RV. And our last, uh, we stopped in tennis in Tallahassee to sleep because we were exhausted about, you know, six hours driving again. And from there, we had lunch in Gainesville the next morning and arrived in Miami by Monday night. And that was our trip. And that's the gist. But I really want to tell you guys what my lessons learned on this trip were. First of all, not everything in life can be planned. You can't expect things to go according to plan because they never do. You never know when you're going to possibly get arrested or get stopped by Border Patrol. And when you overreact, you only make things worse. When nothing is under your control, why are you trying to control it? Let it go. Let it be what it is. And in that moment, in that moment panicking isn't going to serve you any good. It's only going to make the situation worse. So calm. Calm yourself. Enjoy the ride. Go with the flow. Don't plan, just see what happens. What's the worst that can happen? You get lost, you have nowhere to park and you have to figure it out, well you do. There's always a way. The lesson is that everything passes and there's always a way. And my favorite lesson was also find, if you're gonna do a trip like this, make sure that you find someone to travel with that is compatible. Someone that is patient, someone that is kind, someone that is is just, acknowledges that the experience you're going through is challenging and that you need to give yourself space, someone that respects you. And I'm very grateful that I had my dear friend Alejandro that went on this journey with me and, and that we, we, we really did respect each other and we really did have a good time. And through challenging moments, we made it through, you know, we had moments of silence. I recommend that absolutely. Not every moment has to be with music and on the ride. Talk to each other, have a conversation. There's no need to have, you know, TV and, and, and technology all the time around. We really 
disconnected for the most part. Whenever we did take pictures, there were many moments where we really put the phone down and we looked at each other like, this is pointless. We would take the picture of a sunset because we just like, I have to, I have to, to try to remember it for myself later. And then I looked at it and I was like, no, I have to look at the sunset. So put the phone down. Don't just go visit these beautiful national parks and look at it through your phone. Put the phone down. Look at it with your eyes. There's so much to see. Don't tell me that there's nothing to do. There's plenty to do. The beautiful thing about being alive is being awake and seeing things from a different perspective and listening to things from a different perspective. Silence is beautiful, especially when you're out in nature. Take the time. Respect Mother Nature. Don't loot. Don't take your phone out because you're bored and you're at a park. You're at a national park and you take your phone out. I mean, really look at what's in front of you. And that's, that's my favorite lesson, I think, was, you know, a compatible friend to do the road trip with. And I would say the last one is don't make excuses. If you want to do something, pack your bags and do it. Don't think twice. And you deserve a break. Just because we're working from home and we're working remote, it does not mean you don't get to take a break. There are plenty of things you can do. Don't be fearful. Just be respectful and be mindful. You can be safe and do the things that you need to do and be mindful of other people around you. And get tested. It's very simple. I've gotten tested more times than I can count with my hands. And I'm respectful of everybody's time. And that's really it for today. And I really want to dedicate this episode to my friends because you guys have taught me that. You guys have taught me the beauty of nature, the beauty of connecting and finding myself. And, and you respect me for me. You appreciate each other. You respect each other. And without this group of friends, I, I, I wouldn't be on this journey of, you know, this self, you know, respect and growth and that, that I've been on and I really want to dedicate this episode to you guys because you've taught me so much by with the love that you have for each other the unconditional friendship and I want to thank you guys from the bottom of my heart for always pushing me and and pushing me to follow my instincts and my dreams and the things that I want to do and there's no envy there's no disrespect there's only love and it's very unconditional. And I want to thank all of you. I want to thank my friend Daniel for your childlike joy. You feed off, I feed off of that energy that you have. I want to thank my friend Romina for your just free spirit and sexy, loving self. I love that about you and you take that out, that you bring that out in me as well. I want to thank my friend Paola for your just motherly-like, kind heart. And you make me want to sing and, and be this very bohemian self that I feel like I have within me. I want to thank my friend Christian for also showing me that I can be a Libra and be fun and, and express myself and say the things that I want to say and be myself. Thank you. You show me that being myself is okay. And who cares? doesn't matter what other people think. I want to thank my friend Michael for showing me what it's like to really be a creative, really be a concept and, and take pictures and live life like no one's looking. And I, I really want to thank my friend Alejandro. 
because without you, I would have never been able to do this trip. Without your zen-like mind, <laughs> I wouldn't have been able to calm the anxiety. And you taught me how to go with the flow and you were always willing. You were always willing to figure things out as we went. And I'm really grateful for you and I'm grateful for the lessons that I learned uh, on this road trip with you. And thank you for, for following me on this ride and on this journey, for driving, for taking the time to really uh, just dedicate space and energy to, to that moment, to that trip. I, I'm really grateful for you. Thank you very much. And thank you and appreciate you. You've taught me to live in gratitude. Not only feel gratitude, but live in it. So thank you so much from the bottom of my heart. I dedicate this episode to you guys. With infinite love and gratitude, yours truly, Elizabeth. Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of Infinite Attraction. I sure do appreciate you guys. If you haven't done so already, please make sure you're subscribed to the show wherever it is you consume podcasts. This way, you get notifications when new episodes become available. If you feel so inclined, please leave us a review or simply tell a friend about the show. If you'd like to inquire about coaching, please visit our website at infiniteattractioncoach.com. Until next time, Infinite Attractors. 